0: Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the South Side Track Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to dive back into our Days of Red Stars past series. We're so excited to uh, recap a couple more games for you guys. This is going to be labeled the Benedictine episode. We're jumping back into the good old days of Lyle, Illinois, uh, venturing into some more 2014 games. We've selected two games to chat with everyone about, and we are eventually going to have some special guest segments to go along with these games as well. But for now, to recap and react to all of these uh, past shenanigans, I am here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka Scam Originator. How you doing today, Claire?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to talk about these games. I I never went to Benedictine. I, I... I, I came into this post Lyle. Have you, did you ever go? Have you ever been? Did
0: not ever go to Benedictine. Was able to humor myself and thought maybe I like could. I got invited out, never went. Definitely uh, like took in the red stars from afar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I also remember, yeah, in 2015, when I kind of got into it, I, I looked at the possibility of how you would get up there um, and yeah, I, I considered it. It's like when you—it's like a friend inviting you to a party, but the party's in a yep. while, and so you're like, "That's well. exactly
0: how it went down." With the invite, it was like, "Wow, oh, I will like, look to at it. That. I'll
1: look at it on Google Maps and think about. Got it. Got to
0: decline. Got to yeah. decline. But I loved. My, my heart is bursting with joy that I got invited. Like, yep, exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, and it was with that knowledge that you and I, like, when we were kind of mapping out like this whole concept of like we should do you know, a past Red Stars rewatch for the content for everybody right now during this time. Um, and in planning all that, it was you, you specifically were like, you know, in all these games and like these kind of themed episodes, we should definitely just do an episode on Lyle. Yeah. And uh yeah, I, I just was in complete agreement with that. And I just think it was like important, you know, in, in this way that we're sort of recapping everything uh, to get all those vibes. And uh we're going to have some guest portions for you all a little bit later.
1: Yeah, we're gonna get we're some. Invited. We're gonna get some insight from people who who. We're gonna we're there. gonna
0: get some invite from the real people, people mm-hmm. who are That's right. there the real ones, the day ones, the, the day motherfucking ones, and they're gonna let us know uh their their insight to this kind of stuff. So we're excited for that as well. But we chose these two games that we're gonna get into for you guys. We'll just I'll just throw them out there, and then we'll go one by one. We chose two games. Uh, one is going to be the Red Stars versus the Dash, and that takes play on May 11, 2014. And then there is a game that – because this was something I had expressed to Claire. It's going to be Chicago Red Stars versus Boston Breakers uh, on August 13, 2014. Rip piece. I was like, Claire, I really want us to get a Boston Breakers game yeah. somewhere in this recap. And, Claire, of course, you were like, yeah, like we got to pull sure. one out for the yeah. homies. Um, and that 's part of what 's going to happen in in this series of rewatches. We were like, yeah, we definitely want to get a breakers game in there you know that 's where the whole concept of like spawning a Kansas, an FC Kansas City episode that will take place later mm-hmm. is going to come into play. We want to pour one out for the homies so yep. these two particular games also uh, take place you know within a few months of each other, and we 're going to get into that as well and talking about how maybe some of the soccer is different, um, but for now we got to take one thing at a time and we 're going to get into this. This May eleventh, there was a Mother's Day game. Mother's Day game, That's right. Chicago Red Stars versus Houston Dash, and to kick things off, Claire, we had a three-hour rain delay.
1: Rain <laughs> delay. That's so funny because the the stream comes. It's clear that the stream has just come back online after, uh, you know, they whatever you know garbage they had before, um, before they had to sit and wait for three hours. Um, it's still raining. Like they, they finally, I think the, the lightning and thunder cleared and, but it's still raining quite hard and the track around the field at Benedictine is wet. Um, And then also, as we're going to discuss, because of the rain delay, I don't know exactly what happened. I think the play-by-play guy went home (laughs) uh, because we have one Arnhem Whistler, the third on the call. On the call.
0: Yep. Uh, and i love that you and i both reacted to that yeah we're just like so oh this funny. is happening yeah my actual my literal notice happy mother's day there's a three-hour rain delay and that is arnim Whistler in the car that's studio. right yeah <laughs> that's um
1: yeah and it, it is such a funny game to start with too because um my impressions of benedictine from like the stream is that we'll talk about this with the breakers game too it's very dark um the night games at Benedictine got very, very dark. And and more specifically, um, so the, the camera is on the same side as the stands. So all you see, you see the field and then you see like these dark woods on the other side of the soccer field. And then that's just like, it, it's just like you have, <laughs> you have a soccer field and then the forest. And so it really just, just waiting for the
0: zombies to come. Exactly. It's like, who's coming yeah. out of there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a the optics right not great right uh also and i think my notes and i think if i recall correctly your notes we both referenced that especially like after halftime, you we were like oh it it's darkness like there's really darkness dark. everywhere yeah. um and for people who maybe got into nwsl uh, later in the more sort of current era in which the soccer looks and feels and different um you may sort of can tell that even it's a more stark contrast. Like sort of taking where we are now and then doing this rewatching, just like man, like there's a reason why maybe when there wasn't exactly a broadcast deal in place, that the games they did choose to go on at the time, whether it's Fox Sports or ESPN, were like in facilities that were be you know able to be you know, more broadcast because of the type of facilities that they were just made sense at the time, you know, um, cause just watching this on the stream, there were parts of it where I was like, man, I'd really love to sort of see what's going on, but it's really dark. There is a note that I have in here at one point where I'm like, oh, okay, look where we at like a year later. Like it's, there's this like marginal difference. I mean, yeah. something that I noted, I was like, oh, I was like, there's a lineup graphics.
1: Yeah, Like there's mm-hmm. lineup
0: graphics. Now there's a difference. Like the stream is marginally better. There's some lineup graphics. I had a good chuckle out of it because they put Kaylee Ohia at number ninety-nine. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Football players. Um, but it was good to see that. Like they just they they cut open the stream, uh, was here, and shout out to Janet Rainfield, because she was on the call again, who I'm enjoying a lot on these calls. She has a lot of knowledge. You could tell she's uh she's a oh she's a like a an old head. She's been in the game a long time. Right. Um, has good stuff to contribute. I appreciate it. Uh, I also thought it was kind of <laughs> fun while the players, I guess, were still getting in that last minute warm up after being on the delay for so long. Uh, sort of the uh, background that Arna Arna Whistler was giving us, uh, like having to get the extra food for right. the, for the players and the calorie intake, and then sort of recapping what's been going on in terms of like internationally with USA versus Canada. Mm-hmm. And I thought. That was interesting, and I fast forward through all that because I was like, "This is a Red Stars podcast. Yeah. I don't care about that." Yeah, so it's I was like, just, "It's skip, like skip, such. Skip.
1: It's also such ancient history, too. Like, who cares about a friendly between the U.S. and Canada in
0: 2014? Like, exactly, so it just does not Are matter. We still calling that a rivalry in 2020? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, um yes. yeah. So I was like, no, fast forward, fast forward.
1: Yeah, but fast forwarded through that. I mean, yeah, I thought that. I honestly thought that Arnhem did a, a great job. I think that he took the play by play part very seriously. He was very good at like, he, he knew who everyone on the rosters were, which is, is good. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought I liked their, I liked their duo cause they both, they both had a lot to say and
0: yeah. they were
1: unfazed by the other person. So they would just, you know, say the things Keep that it they go. were given. Yep. Given that, uh, given that commentary, but, um,
0: yeah. I, do, yeah, I do like to jump into these lineups. Yeah, for sure. What I what I liked what I liked about this when they started getting into uh, the lineups because, and we spoke on this a little bit as we segued to this, we spoke a little bit on LMSR, right? Right. Um, because we had covered that first twenty fourteen game with the rookie game with uh, Julie Johnson and Vanessa B. Bernardo, and we were like, wow, like LMSR really was only a red star for a season. Yeah. Um, right. and then she and Aaron McLeod uh for part of the expansion team with with Houston Dash so it was seeing seeing the lineup graphics um and everything it was just like wow this is this is like happening this is what it's going to be uh and for we'll do the we'll do the dash just to give them give them a shout out first because they're the visitors just for people to know how they would have lined up they had Bianca Henninger and net. Aaron McLeod they said she was just coming back from the friendly so Right. Uh, she was battling I AP3 injury also at the time. So Bianca Hanier got, get the start net for, for the dash in this game. Uh, then they had, uh, Holly Hine, Kika Toulouse, uh, Ari Romero, Becky Edwards, Kevin Kyle, Teresa Noyola, Ella Masser, uh, Jordan Jackson, Nina Berger, Achille Ohi uh, for their starting 11. And for the Red Stars, they had Karina LeBlanc in net, they had Rachel Kwan, uh, Jackie Santa Catarina, Sam Johnson, uh, Michelle Wenino, uh, Julie Johnson, Roy Kalupni, Vanessa Bernardo, Adri- Adriana Leone, Jen Hoy, and Haley Brock. We're, I'm excited to talk about Haley Brock as well in the game. Uh, I think yeah. people forget about that, and I and, and I was one of those people that forgot about that because she, in the, again in that first game that we uh, recapped in 2014 with that rookie game, uh, she was like a late game slam, and I was like, oh, that's right, right. like yeah. Haley Brock. Place. Yeah, she
1: had a great game so in this game too. She was very active. Um, yeah, she did a great job. Both were yeah, just it, this,
0: initial impressions of, yeah. of starting eleven, it was like, look at those names. We know Yeah, I
1: mean, and you can kind of see there's a pretty <laughs> there's a pretty clear through line. Obviously, Houston was a brand new expansion team and um Chicago's part in that is that they uh left uh you know McLeod and, and Masser um unprotected to go to Houston. And that was, those were the players that, that Chicago uh, gave up. And then, you know, they're that little, that, you know, round Robin a little bit, you got Kaylin Kyle on the dash. You've got Becky Edwards on the dash. Um, Kaylia Ojai was, you know, famously Houston's first, um, draft pick, uh, in their history. And so, you know, you can kind of see exactly what's happening with, with them and where that all came from. And you can also see just like the little changes for Chicago and, and Arnhem actually spends a lot of time in this game talking about the players who are coming soon. Um, but there are little things like you have Johnson and Johnston CB duo, which that, you know, carries through for a long time. Um, on and off, and, and what that did is that pushed Santa Catarina into, like, a DM position, yep. which essentially, and it's just, like, this is kind of how some of the stuff phased through, Sitch's playing time was about done. Um, and so it's just, you you keep adding these little pieces, and the teams get better, and, um, yeah, the blasts from the past end up, you know, yeah. getting kind of pushed to the side, but that's how a team evolves.
0: Yeah, it was, this game we fast forward with this game because we did that 2014 home opener, right? right. So we're fast forwarding it to May. And I feel like with this game in particular, and then sort of the conversation and background that we were getting on the call with owner Arnold, was, you, st- you sort of like, we're starting to see how the rest of ours are wanting to like kind of progress move right. forward, how they were starting to take shape, stuff like that. And hearing things about like Abby Urseg. On the background on the call, like how he was building her up, and they were excited to get her in to have her, you know, slot in in the back line. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, this is all this is all kind of uh, the picture is sort of coming into place for the Red Stars in terms of who they are trying to be and how they are trying to play. And for for the Dash, I'm I'm in agreement with a lot of what you already said for the Red Stars lineup. So I'll just some of my notes like on the on the Dash lineup. Like uh, my immediate thing was obviously you're talking about somebody like Ella Massar and then mm-hmm. um, Aaron McLeod was on, on the bed. So, but that, that slotted in Bianca Henninger yeah. and net. And one of the things I was so excited about, I literally, literally one of my notes in this game, I was like, wow, just look at all those Mexicans. Yeah, I, didn't,
1: I didn't know that Ari Romero played for the dash in their first season. I didn't, I, no I didn't know
0: that. And yeah. uh, I, I was really excited when I went last year in 2019 to go, taking in a away game for the Red Stars. Right. I was really excited to see Ari Romero get the start in that game against Chicago because I was like, "Man, it's so cool to see this player go on this journey and sort of come full circle and for her to make a return to NWSL and its current state right. and the level of soccer that it's in. I don't think she go unnoticed. I have a lot of respect for it. I appreciate her staying on her grind and putting in the work and finding places for her to play. Mm -hmm. Um, And also being able to come back to a dash team that looked completely different than she was used to when she was there. Um, You're talking about not just team roster, but coaching staff and personnel. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was incredibly, incredibly dope to see. So it was, uh, I was like, man, look at all these players. And (laughs) for me uh, also... like Teresa Noyola was a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to speak on her for a second. Uh, Similar to a note that I had for Bywaters in our previous episode, which I said that Zacaya Bywaters deserved it all. Uh, I am equally fervent in that when it comes to a (laughs) player like Teresa Noyola. Uh, You're talking about a Stanford legend, Mac Herman uh, trophy winner, Uh, somebody who was just deep deep, deep in U S soccer program and, mm-hmm. uh, youth teams. And then like so many, uh, players who have dual national potential dual national status are kind of cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden never heard from again. Uh, you know, we saw an interesting arc with Sofia Huerta and she's right. still currently on. And we saw a similar arc with Teresa Noyola and, uh, It makes you feel, someone like me, you know, makes me feel a lot of things about it personally. Uh, I'm going to shout her out. And if anyone is interested in, you know, listening to her story, there's a really cool piece that came out many, many, many years ago about her on remezcla.com. So if you ever want to, like, just Google her and Google that website, a really great story will come up about the 2015 World Cup squad and how uh, it was really cool that they won a World Cup And this writer was just like, man, how come there's no one on this team that I can identify with? And Mm -hmm. she went um, doing some research about it, and she got some really cool stuff from Teresa Noyola, and she gets into the uh, story a bit about how she had to have those serious conversations with Jill Ellis. And it was on Jill Ellis's recommendation that she seek out a different opportunity uh, with Mexico. So it was nice for me to see all these players once upon a time uh, still be a part of NWSL. It was nice to live in the past for a second where. USA, Canada, and Mexico were teams that were uh, all together in an NWL, and, and we I were because we were still in it. We were still in it at this point. Right. Time.
1: I thought Henninger had a great game too. I thought that yeah, she yeah, really she came up big for them multiple times. Coming off her line, she was like very confident off her line, um and saved multiple really quality goal scoring opportunities so um yeah because just, honestly dude,
0: in the first in the first 30 minutes of this game we'll just sort of uh, go through because yeah. this first goal for the red the first and only goal for the red Sox comes in the 33rd minute uh so for these first uh, like 20 or so minutes of the game when we were speaking on i remember we're like wow she looks like she's doing okay there's some yeah. really cool <laughs> 1v1s that she's having uh there's some cool 1v1s that she's having against like jen hoy at some point or vanessa Di bernardo uh that we're seeing some like a young Adriana Leone being like a little bit of a pesky pest mm-hmm. you know we're seeing like the beginnings of that that's also very cool um and the build-up to the Red Stars goal seeing seeing Jen Hoy in this game yeah she was great uh she was great in this game yeah. man just getting you know her getting on the ball her movement off of it uh it was really 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 dope to see. And, you know, it was really good to also see players like Roy Colopni and Vanessa Di Bernardo, like, not losing a step. It just looked like the progression in which we've been reviewing these 2014 games and seeing somebody like Vanessa Di Bernardo, you're just like, yeah, this is like the Red Stars are trying to be somebody.
1: Right, and she had a couple passes. She had a couple passes in this game to Colopni, and this was more in the second half, but she had a couple passes that were very close to what you see her do now like there were moments of it deep, watching de bernardo in, in this season is is fascinating because she keeps getting the shit kicked out of her um because and, and and it actually was cool because they had hayfield on the call and and she was um or rayfield she she was uh de bernardo's coach at illinois so she she knew de bernardo really well and she just you know she basically put the premise together which is that these people keep fouling vanessa di bernardo because she's quicker like on the ball than they are yeah (laughs) she's better than them. she's better than them so she's better on the ball (laughs) and so they just shove her to the ground um and that's just been true for her entire career um and and yeah it's just it's crazy to watch even a young player and she is really quite young in this this season oh yeah um kind of get used to that because she does i mean we talked about this the western new york game this happened in the houston game too i think it was masser who just like dumps her and it's like yeah
0: she gets wrecked a few times she, in this game. yeah
1: and it's just like jesus you guys like yeah be nice can you be a little nicer to her like good and, lord yeah, and
0: to remind everybody this is the lyle episode the benedicting episode right homegirl that- was going down on some hard <laughs> yeah, right, Exactly. Like, so when she was going down in hurt. yeah like, Yeah, like there were some moments and, you know, the thing, it was cool. Again, stream quality, right? got lineup graphics we actually got multiple replays mm-hmm. during this game that's right and the multiple replays we were getting were on everything so I mean you're talking like you you're getting it on the goal but you're also getting it like on the hard fouls yeah so re-watching some of this stuff I was kind of like ow yeah. like watching Vanessa Bernardo go on a few times you're like yeah that definitely hurts yeah uh, please yeah stop.
1: yeah word on the field so like the stream is better but somehow that makes the field look worse like those lines yeah. <laughs> man the they not only the thing, the thing that I, I had forgotten was like yes they're the football lines and the soccer lines but they also had baseball lines
0: yeah so baseball, they had like, like certain, lacrosse like, yeah field
1: hockey. and i was just like oh my god it's Awful.
0: the benedictine and, sports complex uh-huh, complex <laughs> many many
1: sports played on that field um Clearly. yeah i mean i just wanted to say that that jen hoy jen hoy is uh a gifted. i gifted i forget if i still have it up on twitter or not but she her goal is a very cool little chip um yes over Henninger and I I thought that it surprises that, even, it's a good moment uh, of skill Rayfield
0: and yeah. a whistler at That's that right. point yeah it was right. interesting. Yeah. yeah uh poor Ari Romero she was having such a dope game up to yeah. this point good solid 30 minutes and uh a ball gets kind of awkwardly played in so right. in turn she has to awkwardly play the ball right and she tries to look like headed away right but unfortunately it doesn't she doesn't get enough on it and it just sort of conveniently falls to so Jen Hall who has shout out to her man she had the presence of mind yeah and the space and awareness to be able to just give it a shot
1: yeah it was and a nifty, nifty
0: just chips
1: yeah nifty little bit of skill I think she brings it down with her chest and then mm-hmm. yeah it hits it off the top of her foot um yeah and it Lisa curls like right underneath tendinger. the crossbar
0: and she just with one goal, just took out all these Mexicans. It I know, right? Fantastic. <laughs> I was like, it was fantastic. Yep. I was like, there you go. So the yep. Red Stars go up 1-0, and Jennifer's having the, a dope game, and yes, the rain delay took place, and all that stuff comes into play. You know, we're heading into halftime, and the Red Stars actually – still we're building like the goal you know it shifts things for, right. for the game on both sides of the ball but the red stars in particular you know the dash at one point kind of were able to to get themselves like a, a shot on goal there was a good service in for Romero there was yeah. a really nice chance before the halftime you know for red stars with with Colopni and DiBernardo and Brock to sort of close off the half right um so you just sort of felt like like maybe maybe there's gonna be another one that right comes Fortunately, it never did. Halftime happens. There's yeah. a lot of fun little Red Stars content during the halftime. Yeah. That was cool. We got to see the old school KK cam. Uh, Lori Kolopny says go socks. That's really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only because she's a Cardinals fan. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, and then there's like this really cool segment of like the baby Red Stars mm-hmm. running around Chicago in a party bus. Yeah. And that was really cool. I was like, wow, I want to cry. This is amazing. They're just like out there taking in the city. Yeah. So that was cool. Um and then we get the second half and then you're just like sweet this is gonna go down because Jen Hoy yeah keeps it up she keeps going yo like she comes out right away in the second half and she gets back out there and she's getting involved in in play playmaking for Chicago trying to like you know generate some offense um, at one point. Arnim makes like a really funny reference about Kaylin Kyle. He's like, it's not nice to make Kaelin Kyle run like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was fun. Cause I was like, Oh, yeah. that was another surprise for us. We were like, Oh, we get to react to Kaylin Kyle once more. Yeah. And
1: yeah. And, and I think, I mean, the second half honestly, isn't that great. Um, once you hit the 60th minute, Houston gets incredibly physical. They just start. Yeah, it gets
0: real bad. down. The, stuff, the Red
1: right. Stars. Um, but it, it is interesting. Like, that's why it's been interesting to have Arnhem on this call because he spends a decent amount of time talking about the mid-season changes that are about to take place, um, which is, it's good because it kind of leads us into our, our next, we're, we're not done with this one, but it will lead us to our next game. Um where he's just like, he's like Abby Ursag Emily Van Eggman, Kristen mm-hmm. Press. They're getting Taron yep. Hemmings back from injury, yep. just like listing off all of these players. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, damn, this is really going to change things. Yep.
0: They're um, coming. everything's falling into place, so to speak. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and it, it, was, it was cool because it was, I think, the first time, at least in this rewatch, where you're like, Chicago – is getting ambitious you know and that's Mm -hmm. exciting because i think in 2013 everyone was just kind of like figuring stuff out you know they had some injuries they were dealing with um but now they're like they drafted well and then they went out and got some internationals some professional you know who can really shore up the team Mm -hmm. um and so that was very cool to see because it's kind of the morphing um in front of your own eyes and it was also very funny to see samantha johnson in this game because I, I think she brought that the crunch man she brought the crunch and and I think that like you could have watched that game and been like oh that's like a little oddity but then you know for years she ended up being like a she, she was a staple
0: team. on that line yeah, yeah. exactly absolutely like, like she
1: she kind of waited out the urs egg era and then when urs egg left she was like uh
0: this I is know. mine now
1: yeah right
0: yeah this is mine now yeah, yeah. no it's it was dope to, to see that definitely hitting the hour mark and after a three-hour rain delay goofy turf monster yeah it definitely got you and, and you know the red stars were guilty some of the physical play too because i think in this game in particular before you really started to get those that wave of red stars in right. um it, where there were there were still a lot of like the physical choppy moments of, right. of play adriana leon gets yellow in the 60th minute we see tancredi come on in the 60th minute for hayley so it's like part of that like part of the new wave is sort of like coming in right and and that
1: that i do remember even from 2015 which is the the tancredi is is this is a little bit of a tancredi episode because she has a good game in the next game as well but um it's so funny because she's the villain of the 2012 canada u.s yeah game. and then um, she's a red
0: star and now
1: she and then she's a red star and she was a cool red star like and then they were even saying like she came in mid-season she had been spending a lot of time in st louis finishing her chiropractic degree yep, yep. um and then she came in with the team and she was kind of a stabilizing presence for them again they just needed some some more veterans who had been playing for a little bit um but yeah, it it is just funny to have a player like that who is so well known for being the bad guy um, mm-hmm. be, yeah, just be like a good, a good red star.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, uh, that was probably a good sub to make in that, in that moment. Right. Um, she definitely came out cause there was, I think one of my notes was like, wow, there's just like a ton of violence right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, and it was happening like on both sides of the, of the ball. And I was just like, all right, you know, she gets subbed on, Massar gets a yellow, like yeah. there was a little bit of the, the violence had like sort of had like a tone of mutuality to it. Yeah. Like at this point. Right. Um, and I think it you start sort of getting the players like, they're ready to go, man. I mean, at one point, right. um, just, you know, like yeah, a Henninger yeah. gets, a, gets a yellow and yep. then like the 76 minutes for yelling at the officials like yep. that yep. Tancredi was offside, you know, yep. and and there's like, at this point, it's a, again, the three-hour arena So there's not a ton of people there. You just hear it right. so audibly, you know, on the stream. You're just like, yeah, everyone's like frustrated. We all should just go home, you know, um, Bywaters gets something to help yeah. try to close this game out along right. with uh, Tancredi. Um, and you know some chances are still generated, which was good to see. Yeah. Um, for sure. At this point, uh, Bywaters is is still sort of working her way back from mm-hmm. from injury, pretty significant injury, like the the hip injury that sort of haunted her right. uh, career more or less. Um, and this is a it's a, it was a similar vibe to what we maybe we saw in that first 2014 game uh, when we were talking about the rookie debuts for for Bernardo and, and Jackson. Um, you know, just sort of coming on in like a, as a second half, like kind of impact. sub being able to get on the ball and you know possibly be able to hold it but it was very weird I know Claire now you were talking a little bit off mic about it we want to talk about it on mic for you guys to sort of watch that and sort of see the sub come in because sort of see what she was trying to do and build up for the red stars and then sort of seeing the disconnect um from maybe maybe what was necessarily being asked of her down the stretch of the game right and then also sort of connecting that with what we were hearing on the stream right hearing sort of uh, the owner, you know, with Arnhem Wisser, sort of saying how, how highly they would rated uh, Bywaters and how they, like, how highly they still uh, had her rated, like, even coming into uh, this season and what she can do. And then right. sort of seeing her kind of get some coaching on the sidelines and sort of seeing the Yeah, there. it
1: was, there was an odd moment at the end of this game that was really, really interesting, um, which was, yeah, so Bywaters gets subbed on, and, and Arnhem has a lot of really nice things to say about her, about how not only, obviously, like, she's a great prospect, but he was even saying, like, she's, you know, developing her game. She's improving a lot. She is a great player to bring on to at pro. this point. Right. Um, and, but then at the end, at the very, very end of the game, Bywaters, she gets on a breakaway, and she's wasteful with the ball and just kind of turns it over. And you hear Rory on the stream say, make it difficult.
0: Yeah. Like, hold.
1: And and so it was really, really, you're just like, wow. So, like, this, in the hindsight of the fact that she, you know, she wasn't with the team the following year, um, it's just really interesting to see that coaching moment where you're just like, I think there was a moment there where Rory clearly had a player that was not only not only not doing a thing that he probably told her when she went into the game, but it seemed like a sore subject. Um, And so it versus kind of what Arnim was saying (laughs) on the stream. So that was just, it was really fascinating because I think that we, again, we were talking about this off mic a little bit. Um, We even talked about this a little bit in the the previous episode, which is just, there are reasons sometimes why players do and don't work out with a particular team. Um, And, part of being a professional and especially being a professional on a team that is ambitious means that you have difficult conversations with your coach about the things that you need to improve on. And it, it, it is crazy just in that moment to see a player that clearly still had so much potential and was improving, but clearly had some things in, at part of her game that Rory was like struggling to reach her on. Um, and then yeah, he yanks her yeah. in stoppage time after she was only on in the game for like what twenty minutes, something like
0: that. Yeah, I think she, yeah, she came on only about maybe 20, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of there were a lot of uh, there were a number of like second half late time subs. And right. She was one right. of them, and I know you and I wanted to speak with uh, on yeah. that a little yeah. bit. Um, right. uh, it was also good to see like Tiffany McCarty for the dash good sub yeah, right. Like man, what a time! Yeah, you know, because right. she's someone again, someone else that we're like, hey, look who's sort of making her way back around in the NWSL. Right. Um. And we were seeing that here in this game as well. She McCarty ended up having a really good chance yep. in like ninety plus stoppage time for them, and it was kind of like, oh boy, please don't lose the game after you've been working so hard to try to win the game. And uh, McCarty definitely made things scary for a moment, which maybe possibly is why we saw the yankage happen. That's like right, right. <laughs> trying to trying to hold trying to hold the game, trying to yep. hold the win. You know, exactly. And, um, that's what we ended up seeing on the win. So it ended up, you know, closing out the game, ended up getting the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were just kind of like, all right, well, that was an interesting win to die to digest. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I, I know when we chose this game, we had no idea that it was going to be a three-hour rain delay and um, run into that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm glad that we chose that game because of this Boston Breakers game that we're about to get into right now. Yeah. Um, the fast-forwarding sort of effect. And welcome to this, like, special portion segment of this very long episode which is probably going to be we have a special guest today because in this Benedictine episode in this Lyle episode we needed to get a source and we have a wonderful source today we have the fearless leader of supporters group Chicago Local 134 Maggie Zubik here to chat with us about the days of Lyle how are you doing tonight I'm 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 doing great I'm Doing fine, Maggie. I gotta know what were your initial thoughts and impressions when we approached you on being on an episode all about Benedictine in Lyle, Illinois.
2: Oh man! I mean, I, I I had so much fun listening to the first couple episodes of um, the like look back series, and I really haven't thought too much about the Benedictine days lately. Um, and so (laughs) it's really fun to like, I'm
0: glad we can bring this all
2: over. (laughs) Honestly, it was, I can't even, it was, it was so different. And at this point it was a long time ago. So like some of those memories are kind of hazy, like how it is now is kind of, you can kind of trick yourself into thinking that's how it's always been. And it really has not, it has changed so much like on and off the field.
0: Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about doing these rewatches with for the podcast has been watching that and seeing that. Part of that, I mean, you guys come in on the stream sometimes, like when the camera's (laughs) panning, that weird, crazy stream angle comes through and And we see that little corner shot. You were literally right 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 there. there. Yeah,
2: yeah. I it the thing about the beginning of the NWSL is that I've always described it as the wild west. Like it just like we had our Conestoga Stoga wagons and we were like getting out there to, <laughs> the, to the gold on the West coast. Like it just, yeah, we were scrappy scam gang, you know, like talk about scam gang, like, gang, like, right? yeah, about scam it's, gang. in right. its infancy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. So how long did it take you to get out to Lyle for games?
2: Oh, oh my God. This, this is embarrassing. And I, I was just talking to someone about this today. I was talking to Lauren. Um, my co-organizer co-organ- about how like there are so many points along this local 134 journey of mine where I where I think like
0: why did I do that like why did <laughs> I <do that? laughs> yeah. a question we ask ourselves all the time
2: yeah so it took me like a lot because I lived in Lakeview the first season of the NOSL. so I, I was a volunteer the first season and so I took. The metra out and so I'd have to take the like brown line to the metra and then take the metro to Lyle and then call a cab with my cell phone that I like I did I mean I probably had a smartphone. Maybe I don't know I forget. But I would call a cab company that I like looked up the number for and they would take me to back to the Benedictine. Oh my <laughs> god.
0: I know I love it so much. It's
2: so it's so crazy. And I do remember one specific, like, Sunday game where I took the cab back to the train station and the the train only comes every two hours and, like, I missed it. No. Dude. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. So I sat in the wild train station for two hours on a Sunday.
1: That's the saddest Yikes. thing I've ever heard in my entire Yikes. life. <laughs> so
2: sad. It's so sad. Sometimes it's so sad. supporting it's sad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was doing. Like, I don't know why I was so obsessed with going to red stars games.
1: yeah i will say that sandra and i talked about this a little bit when we were recording earlier about how both of us got as far as considering going to lyle for a red stars game yep never got past that i mean i remember i do remember because i'm a i'm a non car haver and um i remember being like oh you can you can get up there like it is at least nice that that was a possibility but um yeah no way absolutely not
2: yeah, um, sometimes I just like really commit to things. I guess like yeah. So that, the did.
1: feeling the the feeling of being stranded up there though, I can't even imagine. It'd be like missing the pace bus out of Bridgeview.
2: Yeah, no, I it was that that night was not fun. Like <laughs> check those metro <laughs> schedules and yeah. get to the train station on time. Yeah, but oh my god, I mean like, life has gotten so much better. Like. Right. In the in the years yeah. since, but like, I didn't know it, that all this was going to pay off that way, you know. I just, I think I was just excited to see like Heyo and like right like, Abby Wambach and whatever. Like, I was just like, This is amazing, like, they're right there, right? So, that I mean, it was exciting.
1: Um, how did you guys? So, how did Local 134 back in the day? How did you guys like find each other? How did that organization kind of work? Um, yeah,
0: because we're already—you already like dropped that. Maybe you didn't have a smartphone. You had to right. look up a taxi <laughs> so like, cab so number. You, like, there's, yeah, or... there's gonna be some <laughs> children listening to this episode, and we're—they're gonna Google like taxi. What yes, is that? What is like, that? 2013
2: like was not that long ago, but it also was so long ago. When Local 134 started in 2014, so. Um, I think I've told this story before, but um Nicole Hack um like had the keys to all the social media. She and Nicole's a uh big player in the soccer community in Chicago in general. She's really involved with the fire. Word I've, like previously been involved with Red Star stuff. Shout out um, to Nicole. Yes. Um handed over the reins to me uh in 2014 because like Local 134 really didn't happen in 2013 and I asked to join and she was like oh do you want to like start this and again that's another big what are you, why did you do that <laughs> moment where I just said like yeah what is it sure yes I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea yes. um so I I just made a Facebook event um using the so, the Facebook account that already existed for Local oh, okay. 134 and then like I think Elise like, must have like promoted it for me or something because like i yeah i mean like it wasn't anyone that i knew like i knew one other person who was into watching red stars games and she eventually like would uh like we would carpool like to and from the game so i didn't take the metro like every game in 2013. Yeah, that's, nice. yeah. that's yeah. So, Gotta and find that's your what, people, man. yeah, right. Well, I think that's what got me thinking like, oh, this would be more fun and easier if it was with other people. So yeah, I made this Facebook event. I think I found it. I think I found it recently. It was like in February, 2014, January, February, something like that. Um, and I always say six people, came and I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. It's like Anna Amato, Stephanie Van Tegum. Um, I don't know if Mal we- no Mal-, Mal Weber was not at that meeting originally. There were a few other people there. Um Annie Machinga who was like the friend that I um started going to games with. Um but yeah it was like a pretty low key I think oh John Forsyth was there probably. Um, but yeah Elise came and kind of like introduced the team. And I was like, Hey, um, so I'm starting this group. I, there's this thing called organized support. Uh, I guess it's I, like, I read about it on the internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. I, I didn't know that that was like a thing, like, cause like sporting culture in the United States just doesn't really have that. I mean, right. it's so specific to soccer and to football internationally. And, and so we just like totally didn't know what we were doing. And that's like so clear. If you look at the pictures of the first <laughs> couple of years, like we were like totally flying blind on all of our activities. But. Yeah.
1: I appreciated just how crafty you guys were back then. Like, yes, yes, the TIFOs now are much bigger and more intricate, but you guys got great use out of like cardboard boxes back then <laughs> in a way that I was shocked yeah. and, and, and impressed
2: by.
0: I have been looking yeah. the photos that everyone's <laughs> been sharing, especially the ones that you shared with us.
2: Yeah, I think I, like, moved at some point. I must have – someone must have moved because we had a lot of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, Shannon Box played for the Red Stars, and we made – that. I think that was our, like – that is the crowning, like, TIFO moment of Benedictine is we made three box costumes that were, like, Red star jerseys made out of cards st- – cardboard boxes and then I said box on the back and then when Shannon box had a baby we made her a baby box
0: yeah a tiny box. Yep. So,
2: which like I think she was kind of like oh okay do I have to keep this or like, oh what are you? <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I don't know where the baby box you went
1: you gave but. me trash <laughs>
2: Yeah, <like>, and <laughs> like that's so thoughtful yeah, <laughs> so nice of you. yeah and who are you to like I mean, at that point too, like the players didn't know what organized support was, you know. Like they were like, "Okay, like is this a fan group?" You know, like maybe like some of them maybe did, but like a lot of players in the United States, I mean, some are plugged into international soccer, like club soccer, some aren't, and so it was like kind of a new thing for um, many of them to have organized support, and like certainly in women's soccer too. I mean, that existed in the WPS too, but. It's still, like, it's still, like, becoming something in women's soccer in the United States. It's,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it, I think all of us felt that even just last year, it really kind of took on a life of its own in a way that even the prior, you know, six years hadn't. Um, But let's, okay, so let's talk, let's talk Benedictine specific, um, because it seems like you guys got down to some shit up there. Uh, (laughs) a, A rowdy bunch um
0: yeah small but but loud yeah
1: how did it feel how did it feel for you to spend that much time on a college campus
2: um it was fun I mean it was fun it's I don't I mean I lived in the city and have for a while so it was kind of like funny to go to the suburbs. actually my only experience in the Chicago suburbs is related to the red stars like yeah my only significant I mean been to Evanston but like yeah um so it was kind of fun to like get out of the city a little bit and Benedictine definitely feels suburban and there would be like a like Little League game going on while the Red Stars game was happening and like you, their announcers would be louder than ours so like <laughs> that was annoying but um but also kind of quaint um and yeah we would um I think I mean. I never like saw students on campus or whatever. There are dorms there, but it's definitely like a pretty yeah. sleepy, sleepy little. And place. like it was,
1: you know, summertime. Summertime college, so.
2: Right, right. I think there would be like student athletes there, like training. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was always you'd you'd drive into the back where we'd park, and there's this um like little like swampy pond thing. I don't. It was like it. Like, I was already talking gross. about the
0: woods, the woods that they had back there. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, so we always said like, oh, if we win a semifinal at like at home, we're gonna jump into the pond. Oh <laughs> and wow! Like wow! We never we never did. I mean, <laughs>
1: well, to be fair, they never play. They never played one.
2: No, I mean, no. I think we we wanted to make it a long shot, and uh, and but it, you know, it ended up not being a long shot in the in the long run. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we never jumped into the pond.
0: Yeah, but, Are these two like these two games in specific that were jumping in tune like that we covered on this episode and we mentioned to you it's going to be the, the dash game that took place like in may of 2014 and then this breakers game that took place in 2014 of august are there any particular memories within that time frame that you can break down or share for us yeah the the houston game is
2: like one of the most memorable benedictine games and also yeah, yeah. so indicative of like what it was like to to be a supporter at benedictine because. um this would never happen at Toyota Park, like, <laughs> the, <laughs> we, or at SeatGeek, sorry, we, uh, uh-huh. so the, the, the Houston game had, like, a major rain delay, with, like, thunderstorms and stuff, and yeah,
0: we, we recap. all, three hours, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three hour rain delay,
2: yeah, so we, we, like, went into this, like, building on campus, and everyone was there, like, we were all hanging out, like, that was fun, and people, like, ended up Leaving, you know, like the the crowd sort of like petered out. I think Arnhem told us to leave at, at one point, and um, was gonna like call one of us if the game went back <laughs> on.
0: Nice. Um,
2: so like we like went and got food, and we also went to the grocery store and like got more provisions. Um, Correct. Nice. And we came back. Like the game restarted eventually. Eventually, obviously, and but we were like the only ones still there so I mean pretty much I'm sure there was I'm sure there was someone else there but like Arnhem we usually sat in this bleacher behind the goal but Arnhem had us come down to the track where like the I don't know where the fancy people like the the field side fancy seats, seats.
0: those yeah, seats so. that make you like five feet away from the pitch
1: Right, right. Sometimes yeah. people got decked on
0: the. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. we, we talked about how Vanessa DiBernardo got kind of wrecked a bit in this game. Were you present at that time?
2: <laughs> I don't, it, I mean, it was, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, we were, da- we were like right down there. We were like, we had like um, cases of beer down on the track and like Arnhem mm-hmm. was there. I like, everyone took their shoes off because like your shoes were wet because we had been like, it had been like, we'd been rained on and so we were just like running around the track like watching the game but also just like you could go anywhere you wanted in the stadium like it was it was pretty fun um yeah and then it was like super late by the time it ended
1: yeah I have to imagine it how do how i mean three how hours does yeah, yeah. the metro schedule <laughs> yeah. work yeah yeah i i couldn't i couldn't
2: have i couldn't have stayed if it weren't for local 134 at that point i was definitely getting rides right to and from the games yeah um thank god <laughs> um, um so
1: i mean it does seem like and especially from like the photos that you sent us and even just clearly on the stream and stuff that I mean, it's not like – it's not really like people don't have access to players now. That's still right. – you know, for a professional league, there's still a lot of of player-fan interaction. We'll honestly see if that continues this year. This might be a big break in that um, for a number of reasons. But you guys really – like you – it wasn't only that you were like – that you could take photos with athletes. Isn't there a, p- a picture of one of you with um, Aaron McLeod like on –
2: yeah, back, like
1: yeah back style.
2: <laughs> yeah I know I mean that's what was so crazy like when I was a volunteer um one of my jobs was like at the end of the game they did the the um signature line thing and like I I had to like tail Alex Morgan and like <laughs> and like truly like I had to be like ladies like please back up, please, please back up. away yeah. from <laughs> Alex Morgan but like I was obviously not a professional but like the players are just right there like at, you know in a place like Seeky there's there's at least like some concrete barriers or whatever yeah. like there's just nothing like um and then yeah I mean um I think it was so new too that like everyone was so excited to see these players and have them there every week and um yeah Molly who had the photo with Aaron McLeod, that was, like, her thing to, like, to, like, get a picture with, like, all these different – she has, like, tons of pictures with players, like, giving them piggyback rides. <laughs> That's, like, a shtick <laughs> that she had. So, um, yeah, like, uh, Karina LeBlanc came and played our drums and, like, broke our tambourine. Creedy um, would do that, too. Um, yeah, like, there was – they – the barriers were very low, and like I'm very glad that that like with with all the growth that's happened, like that is going in the r- right direction. Like that should not continue to happen, which totally makes me sound like your mom, who's like don't drink alcohol, but like <laughs> but mom, like you did when you were in high school. <laughs> right. Um, but like it was just different times. Like it was a different culture. Yeah. And it was such a more controlled culture and like different atmosphere like you you the people who went to games of Benedictine were like their, they're like diehard fans right, really right. you know yeah. like um it was a totally different world but um but yeah we also I mean <laughs> this is a, I had to get permission for this one um from at least one of the parties but I'll, I'll uh I won't identify either of them by name but we used to go to this bar after games called the Squirrel Cage Tavern, which mm. actually apparently has like a good trivia night. Nice. <laughs> I don't mm. know, yeah. um, but it doesn't have a sign out front. It looks like just like a house on like a, sort of like a, it's very nondescript, mm. but it is a bar. Um, they like weren't open on Saturday nights or something, they would like close at six on Saturday. It was very, it was a weird bar. But um, they had like taxidermied squirrels in there, and well, you could obviously. buy. Che- I mean, yeah, that's the whole squirrel cage. Yeah. The squirrel cage. Um, you could buy a cheese stick for fifty cents.
0: Um, <laughs> One whole nice. cheese stick.
2: That's that I love. I mean, that's a deal. Yeah, that's right, a deal. deal. Snack. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we. At one point, this is like the <laughs> I I like at one point there's a player who somehow who I think she just came up to us after the match and was like, All right, where are we going? Like, are are we going out? <laughs> and we oh were like God. excuse me. Uh, <laughs> we are uh, like, Oh, well now we have to go out. Like <laughs> we were like, but oh, we were gonna go home, but now we're not. Um, so we were like, Oh yeah, we'll go to the squirrel cage. And she was like totally down for that. Like Absolutely, uh, love the squirrel cage, and she uh, she upped the ante for us. Um, <laughs> her game was much uh, stronger than ours, yeah. uh, and the night ended actually with a like series of bets that ended with uh, one of our members and this player taking a underwear underwear lap around the squirrel cage in Lyle.
1: Oh, my God. What happens in Lyle, in Lyle
2: stays
1: Stays in Lyle. <laughs> Until you talk saying. about it.
2: Until you talk it is. about it on the Southside Trap podcast. This is, this is the kind of content I will only give to you guys. <laughs> we that's, appreciate it. Yeah, That's the craziest no, that's, it's ever that gotten. Is
0: real, though.
1: I mean, I do think that, I mean, even Sandra and I have had this experience, too, where we came into this, I mean, Sandra a little bit later than you, me a little bit later than Sandra, but definitely the NWSL is it is a space where you can, you're sometimes just like, is this happening right now in front of me? Like there right. is a certain yeah. level of, of even now of, of it's just, we're putting, it's like, it's like everyone's coming together to put on a show yeah. and it, it's not, It sometimes people just really let their guards down and, and women's soccer players are famously fun hangs. Um, right. I, know that, I know that some of the NWSL media has really great stories of like hanging out with Becky Sauerbrunn after the 2015 final in Portland and like that sort of thing um, and so yeah I mean I think that that that's great I love that I love yeah. that
2: it, I was, love that there's that kind it, of story yeah. exists it, it, that's probably like the craziest like story like local 134 story and to be clear it was not a Red Stars player so
0: I'm um, glad that no matter what player it was it happened at the squirrel cage. At the squirrel it's cage. At the squirrel cage. Right, it yeah. would happen nowhere but the squirrel but cage. But the squirrel cage, right. It's
2: very dark out there too. So they were just like blurs yeah. <laughs> around the around well, the Well, that's yard. what we
1: were even saying about Lyle from the streams. It was so dark out there even at the yeah. games. Um yeah, just way out in the middle of nowhere. Um Yeah. So I want to hear I want to hear about I want to hear a couple of things um I want to hear about uh when you wish upon a star first yeah we heard Houston that coming game, in
0: on the stream
1: yeah in the Houston game like Arnhem stops talking and lets that pay play homage out on the that. stream <laughs> yeah oh my god
0: like homage was so, paid to this okay like, so wow, that makes sense
1: why did this stop <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> wait so genuinely before i before i say what my feelings are do you what do you think of that
1: well the other like thing in thing general that was
2: that <laughs> as, as <laughs> a con, as a concept yeah yeah, yeah.
1: the the other it's,
2: you know yeah
0: Go clear, go I was gonna say the,
1: <laughs> the other the other person on on doing commentary on the stream uh janet rayfield she didn't get it and and so arnim had to say he had yeah. to say he was like it's it's like like the reds like the red stars like when you wish upon
0: <laughs> yeah i think that and was the was perfect like, moment because oh. <laughs> yeah. it's like it was that moment where you're like it's like a meme it's like there's yeah. two kinds of people i will and say yeah exactly. on the broadcast yeah i
1: will say that i will say that i think that it was it's too subtle i think that it's mm. not something that people would automatically say this tracks at a soccer game. Yeah.
0: I she she was like, like, she heard it. it." Sounds
1: like Disney music. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, When I heard it, I thought that's cute. And then I thought I thought everyone has grown up and that's nice. (laughs) Did they play it over they played the actual song
2: over the speakers?
1: Uh well they they just they just let they let the stream listen to the PA as it was playing over the PA.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) I I feel like that is one of the only things that like I think that came from the team, but so when you wish you want to start, we would sing it in the, at the 34th minute and we probably started doing that 2014 and stopped doing it. We probably did it a little bit last year. People hated it. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> wait, wait, who I are think, people? Can
0: you like, describe people? <laughs> yeah.
2: Like the other, other local 134 people. No,
0: <laughs> oh, but, but. Shout out um, to them. That song
1: is a little bit like it's, it's like the national anthem in that mm-hmm. it, build, it, it builds, it keeps right. going up.
2: Yeah, the the who you are, yeah, the who you are. That that was um that's a tough part of it. So yeah. that was the problem. Really, it's like we could never. What well, I think we could actually no, we're not going to bring it back. We're not. No one freak out. We're not going to bring it back. I'm not
0: going <laughs> to I like got it on record here. We've got it on song. record, folks. It's not yeah. coming back.
2: It's cute to have tradition, like, it's cool to have traditions, and I think the idea was, like, oh, let's, like, start something that, like, everyone knows, that, like, the whole stadium stands up and sings this song at this point in the game. Sometimes it would be weird, because it would be, like, a weird time to sing something randomly, or, like. The 34th minute,
1: famously, is not conducive to much, honestly. It's, like, in the beginning of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe somebody got fouled really hard. Maybe someone's
1: lying dead on the ground.
2: (laughs) Right, right. which would be a bad time. We'd always, like, we'd be like, oh, it's the 33rd minute. Like, everyone get ready. And then we'd, like, count down. And then we'd sing it. Yeah. And at some point, like, I was, like, people were doing it because, like, I think they were trying to be, like, deferential to me. And I was doing it because I was, like, it, we're going to have a tradition. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, you know, not the easiest to drum along to. Right. it was a cappella. Yeah, it was a yeah, cappella. Exactly. It was all vocal. <laughs> yeah, all vocal. Yeah. yeah
1: maybe. Maybe so. you guys should come up. You, we can do a list of of new ballads for for the reds. Guys, yeah. I have
0: already like. Yeah. I This yeah. is yeah. one of the things. Nothing's, things nothing's that gonna stop us.
1: Yeah. That, uh, right. I think it should be Starship. I think. Uh, it should be
0: Starship. It happened at the draft. It was yeah. like a very organic thing, and yeah. it's like we talked about it on the podcast. yeah, and honestly, like, though singing,
2: nothing's gonna stop us now in the, in the thirty fourth minute feels like a great time for the other team to score right before that. yeah, half. yeah, would <laughs> be true. very bad. No,
1: I would think I think that I think that uh, we're just getting way off topic. I think if if you were gonna do that, it should be after the game. do
2: it do a little sing along after the game is over there you go right 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 it works if you win or you lose right
0: i do have a question to sort of bring us back on topic and maybe sort of (laughs) close out because i i do not want to miss out on this one point because while we all had like a shared doc and like shared and exchanged notes you threw this hope solo moment yeah and i would tell us about
1: your your time Um, with hope. yeah
0: infamous
2: so um i think this is in a book i think Maybe oh, fantastic. So Caitlin, definitely just Caitlin Murray's book. But, like, I don't, I, if I'm remembering correctly, like, the way – Anyway, whatever. I'll tell the real story. There you go. Um, the – So you had mentioned how we were, like, right up behind the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And this particular game, they had, like, moved our bleachers, like, way closer than we usually were. Like, the, a lot of different things happened at Benedictine. So, like, the staff – didn't really like know what was happening with us we're supposed to be right right so we were like our bleacher was like literally on the coal line and so (laughs) it's like not. I mean it was very close though and um so we were like cool great like we'll we'll be able to see even better and uh we set up there and that game like we wouldn't always have only six people like that game we did have we had like started to like um link up with AO and like the Tottenham Hotspurs group in Chicago and so like we would like bring bring in not like crowds but like a group and then some like section eight people would start coming so I don't know what you know who this person was but there were there were like a couple of people who were like pretty rowdy I think at that game and Laura Harvey was the Seattle coach at that point, um, and she kept asking the staff to move us back. <laughs> like, it happened, like, three times. Like, they were like, all right, like, everyone pick up your stuff, like, move everything back. We were like, oh, okay. This and was like during they, the game? Yeah, they kept, like, incrementally moving us back. So, people were, like, a little pissed off about that. This I is think my that,
1: space.
0: This is your space. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. And, well, because we were like, just move us all the way back if you're going right, to move
1: right. us. Don't keep bugging
2: but, us, right. Right. And so, so this, someone um, started heckling Hope Solo and to be completely fair to her, like I think in this situation, Hope Solo was absolutely within her right and like very gracious because the whoever was heckling her was saying like all of the wrong things. Like we tried to shut it down. We were very new at this whole thing. So didn't quite know how to handle that situation. Um, but there are a lot of, easy target type things to say to hope solo. Right, right. Um, and he was saying them and he shouldn't have been. Um, so she, at some point turned around and flipped us off, which everyone was super excited. I yeah. <laughs> was like, that was so right, cool. Got, got
1: the reaction.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then she played out the rest of the game. I forget what happened. Um, I think they may have won. Um, and at the end of the game she came well she came over she blew us a kiss and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like walked away that's cute. which was very cool yeah so yeah she's a class act. like so it helps all those like she gets it sometimes cool. and she knows how to handle shit you know like she knows yeah for sure her first rodeo yeah. you know like of well, all that Seattle that, that Seattle happened. team
1: in general was full of full of pros who are knew exactly how to be like the the villain yeah. they were the oh, They were great yeah yeah I wanna, she, okay but I, played I also the role perfectly I want to know what Alex Morgan making Annie Machinga bleed her own blood means
0: oh yes yeah, so <laughs> let's actually close on that let's yeah can we on talk about
1: whatever the, oh, the heck that is
2: yeah I should find that picture because that would be so I mean it's pretty simple <laughs> um Annie would always stand um holding a flag so both of her hands were occupied. She would like hold the flag behind her shoulders and mm-hmm. hold, like hold it with both of her hands. And so probably not the best idea. Um because there was at one point, I think it was even during a warm-up, um Alex Morgan just like rocketed a ball. We were again right behind the goal, like yeah. right on level hit her straight in the face and she started ble- like she started bleeding like not e- not in like a cute way and like there was like blood <laughs> all over oh, <laughs> like, my God. it was and like no it took a minute for anyone to like notice and then yeah. like it was gory like it was awful wow and alex came over and was like hey like oh sorry and it was like, like low-key horrified <laughs> yeah, yeah but right. then it was like too much for yeah. she like, was like okay i have to do my job right but, like, she's gotta go yeah right so yeah, right. Someone like shepherded her, shepherded her off the field, and but like it was a it was a bloody nose. I yeah. heard, yeah, yeah, it was fine, no harm, no foul. Yeah, but it well, I was mean that's the
1: hazard. Tragic. That's the hazard of a venue of a venue like that yeah. one.
2: Yeah, they used to have they had signs on all the garbage cans and stuff, like or posted around the stadium that said like caution, uh, be on flying Blind. soccer balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no i i mean sandra. We,
1: yeah sandra and i sandra john and i will sometimes go down to the field um to watch the red stars warm up even at sea yeah. geek, and you have to be careful yeah, yeah. we have you in got fact on be-
0: sniped. it's been cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah you gotta be a cool in the sense that we have not blood so <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah
1: that would be embarrassing
0: to me it- <laughs> as a media
1: <laughs> as a media as a media person to- yeah,
0: right, be yeah. Like, i gotta go and never yeah. cover you again yeah, yeah. bye <laughs> you don't like, want to get blood on your... more than anyone else <laughs> yeah right?
2: exactly
0: yeah Maggie, no, i'll find a picture to sort of i guess uh, wrap this up and close this out I, I in doing these rewatches of these games it's been uh it's been pretty dope for us and it turns out that this was actually a really good opportunity for so many of us to yeah revisit these games because we have the time to do it but to be able to sort of document things and put them out that out to the universe. So we're going to start getting into these later games in which eventually the red stars do transition from Benedictine university in Lyle and make their permanent home in Bridgeview. So what I wanted to sort of maybe close out with was talk about that concept and how it applies to a supporters group. Cause we all know, like, I think it's very evident and it's very clear, uh, you know, to sort of, understand why that move was made and yes why a move from a place like uh, benedictine university sports complex in lyle illinois to a like soccer specific stadium in bridgeview illinois was the right move for the club and it's specifically its players so how does uh moving from a place like benedictine to bridgeview support the supporters group like what is that what did that look like and feel like for you guys and what were the opportunities that you maybe saw there
2: yeah it was I mean it's I I feel like I used to miss Benedictine more than I do now I don't miss it at all like now it's like yeah we are totally where we need to be I cannot imagine playing in Lyle anymore like I wouldn't want to go there anymore um <laughs> yeah I think when yeah when we found out we were moving to Toyota Park it was like it was very exciting it was like okay this is it felt like we were moving into like the house that we bought you know like like that like this is where our roots will be you know like this like Benedictine was our like starter home and then like yeah this is like this is like the place where we are going to like, we have room to grow, and, like, there's so many opportunities. The infrastructure is there, like, the um, the opportunity to tailgate, um, like, and also just having the fire playing there when we started playing there, like, it was like, okay, if, you, if people didn't have an excuse, like, people had no excuse not to be there. Like, if you can get right. to a fire game, you can get to a Red Stars game. And so I think that the bonds between those two, two communities, even though they're complex, like they started to grow really um with that move and like the soccer community in Chicago kind of grew to include the Red Stars in kind of a more real way um because of that move um and yeah I mean Seeky the game is the game is our is our home ah, the game uh, yeah yeah I get. not I, it, it's our, it's our fortress. And now it's truly, it's truly, truly ours. Um, right. so I am really excited. Um, it feels like it, it feels like it was destined, but Absolutely. Um,
0: watching you guys, yeah. uh, watching the team last year specifically in 2019 go on the run and do the things that they did and but also specifically watching you guys and the supporters group uh come together and rally and do what you guys did um just sort of where you have come from organically and to just really reaching out and pulling as many people as you can in was also equally special for us to watch uh you guys really provided something extra in last season and I know we're both really excited to see, you know, where it goes uh from here. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think I think when we when we were at Lyle, we were like a social group, you know, like we were a group of friends who uh were allowed to do stuff because Tharnum let us set off smoke bombs and stuff. Like that's what made us a supporters group then. But um the evolution has really been from a social group to a community, which is like such a more inclusive idea and, and, you know, a community like lends itself to growth and like exponential expansion as people bring more people in. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean there's, there's so much potential in the coming year and, you know, obviously don't know what it's going to look like. Um, but, I am really excited to see a year from now, like, where is this community? How has it grown? How has it changed? Like, I hope that never stops. Um, Yes,
0: absolutely. Maggie, if people out there listening aren't already connected with you and Local 134, how can they do that? And where can they find you in the group?
2: Yeah. uh, You can find Local 134 on all social media, like uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Chicago Local 134. Um, You can find me at M-Z-O-O-B-E-K.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Maggie, thank you so much for doing this with us. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll probably have you back on again. Thank you. Sounds good.
2: We appreciate you too. Everyone
0: become a patron of Southside Trap. (laughs) Aw.
2: If you aren't already, if you're listening to this because it was released for you now and not because you already (laughs) listened to it because you're a patron. (laughs) (laughs) Get on to it. Thanks, Maggie. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed part
1: one of our Benedictine episode. We'll be back in a couple of days uh, going over the Boston Breakers game from later in 2014. We also have one more special guest for you to talk about, Lyle.